Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for Season 9, Episode 2, titled She Done Already Done Brought It On. My name is Joe Batant, and I am joined, as always, by two raging homosexuals. From the podcast, Pot is my co-pilot. Please say hello to Taylor Michelle Williams. I love my new name. <laughs> oh, you do? I do actually like it, which means it'll be something different next week. I understand the way your brain works, and yeah. it'll be some. I, I've, I've given you a, a task. A, my gift is giving you a task of coming up for new new names for me. I already have next week's name. I've, can you believe I already? That I does not ready? surprise anyone who can hear the sound of our voices right now. You know now. what? I'm going to tell you the name now because I think you might choose this name. No, don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. If anything, from now on, just write Taylor Blank in the script, and then that way I'm totally surprised when I your say Your new it. name is Taylor Blank. <laughs> You're such a dick. So anyway, uh, Taylor and I, so Taylor and I, of course, I talk, you know, I t- well, first of all, Taylor, have you gotten over being angry with me about, uh, about me calling you? I think I've processed it. I've talked to several of the th- my fellow counselors at work and we've workshopped it and, and really kind of sat and allowed me a chance to stew through my feelings and my energy and create a better place of positivity in my life. So yes, I think now I only let out half a sigh when I see your name come up on my phone. You know, this is a good point to mention this. Guys, I want to apologize to the audience. So we had to do something very complicated. Well, look, very complicated for me and Taylor because I barely know how to turn on my computer. But we had to switch over the feed. And so I was doing all that stuff. And so some of you may have downloaded extra episodes. We're sorry. But now the feed is permanently in our possession. And um, I was trying to coordinate this with Taylor. Wouldn't take my calls. I couldn't coordinate anything with Taylor. What? You're such a fucking liar. Oh, my God. I was like, Taylor, I need this information. Ugh. Okay, fine. That is not true. Oh, my God. That is not true. And from After Buzz TV. (laughs) You're such an asshole. And from After Buzz TV's RuPaul's Drag Race After Show, please wet your whistle for Jay Ellis, the latte boy. I'm sexy. I'm cute. I'm popular to boot. <laughs> you know what? You are popular. People are. Oh, by the way, I want to read Jay Ellis too. So you know, oh. I wanted to send. I wanted. To I send, did. I did not sign up for this. <laughs> I wanted to send this promotional like tweet and Facebook message with Jay Ellis uh, for Jay Ellis. Everyone love. Everyone loves Jay Ellis. He might be second just to like Ru- Ross Matthews. No, Ross <laughs> Matthews and his popularity among the queens, right? And. I was like, well, let me go get a picture of him. I'll snag one from his Instagram. Girl, you have one picture with your shirt on in the entirety of, like, everything is your shirt off. Do you ever wear a shirt? <laughs> rarely. Very rarely. It's in, ca- hello, I'm in California. What am I supposed to do? I know every, I was like, oh, I'm not going to put a fucking thirsty-ass shirtless picture for the queens. <laughs> I was going to say, then you choose one and you yell at me for having my hand in it because it was a selfie, <laughs> as if some random person ran up to me in an alley and snapped a photo of me. But don't you think that's sort of the illusion of a selfie? Like, if you wear mirrored sunglasses and, and you're making this serious pose and then there's a hand holding a camera in the, the shade... Then it's like, oh, well, we know what happened. So I photoshopped, Taylor, you don't know this, I photoshopped his hand out of his own sunglasses. Oh my God, are you kidding me? It does look really good, so thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was nice. Yeah, I was like... Attention to detail. At RuPaul's Drag Race Recap, we are all about attention to detail. And by that I mean, and by that I mean Joe is all about attention to detail. Yeah, I was just feeling my oats that day. I just had to take a picture. (laughs) I know. So, you know what's so funny is, um, I'm glad Jay's on the phone because, you know, Jay, not on the phone, on the show. <laughs> By the way, on the, sh- on the show, I want everyone to know that Jay is about 20 feet from me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear you in two spots. Can you really it's, hear me? I, uh, on the mic for sure, like luckily. But yeah, I can hear the other room. But it's cool. I'm, I'm enjoying the uh, echo effect that I got. That's how loud it is, though. Because That's how loud I am because I don't hear you at all. Oh, well. So all that says is that Joe's got a bigger mouth than Jay does. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Jay's coming over and doing a huge solid, you know, to come over and do this and help us out here at RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. And so I go to the supermarket and I go, I'm going to buy some cheese and crackers and whatnot to, you know, not only that, people are supposed to come over later and it's a whole thing, right? I go and I see the cheesemonger 
And and she's like, oh, well, this is here's a nice little $7 cheese. I'm like, I'll take that. And Taylor, I did not buy that much. Jay, did I buy a lot? No, very, very little, actually. And everything was like 6 or $7. Taylor, it was $80, everything? I believe it. Where did you go? Ralph's. Oh, we don't have Ralph's here. But I was going to say, if you go someplace like Fresh Market or one of those places like that, that's an East Coast thing, all of those little things add up to where you've bought, you know, a, a cornbread muffin and a chicken breast and somehow it's $46 and you don't, yeah. know, you don't know how. I don't know what happened. Anyway, this week, Cynthia <laughs> Lee Fontaine returned to the competition. Lisa Kudrow makes a completely pointless appearance. The queens participate in a cheerleading challenge and walk the runway in their best white party couture. Valentina was named the winner of this week's challenge, while James Mansfield and Kamora Black were placed in the bottom two. Guest judges the B-52s watched as the two queens banged on the door to their hit song Love Shack, but in the end, James Mansfield needed to knock a little louder, sugar, and was sent back to her tin roof. Rusted. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> that had a lot of soul in it, Taylor. Yeah, thank you. I love that song when I was in high school. I love that song. Jay wasn't born. Ladies, name two. <laughs> Ladies, name two things you liked about this episode, and one thing you didn't. Let's start with our special guest, Jay Ellis. Thank you. Okay, so uh, two things that I really liked. The first one, I know you said it was pointless, but I am such a huge fan of Lisa Kudrow that anytime I see her, I'm so happy. And for her to drop that little or. For Rue to say that that's where the inspiration for Hello, Hello, Hello came from was the comeback. That's I've not only seen that show all the way through, but I've watched it multiple times. And Valerie Cherish is one of the best characters ever created for television. So I loved kind of the ode to her. And Valentina is my other favorite thing about this episode. She could do no wrong for me this whole time. Um, she was just fun to watch. And then I might get read for this now that I know Taylor likes Love Shack, but my fav- my least favorite, I cannot stand that song. I, I've heard it at every wedding, at, at, at the proms, the dances that I went to. I don't find it fun or charming. I, I'm going to get hate for this, but I hate Love Shack. I can't do it. Well, Jay, thank you so much for being on this week. We really appreciate you coming out and having Taylor, is that honest. really one of your favorite songs, Taylor? It's one of my – it reminds me a lot of high school. It's it's not one of my – I have B-52 songs I love a lot more than that one. But I, that song in particular, I I have fond memories of that from high school. So that's why I like that song as much as I do. Okay. Oh, well. Taylor, name two things you liked and one thing you didn't about this episode. Um, one thing that I really liked about the episode was it was a return to form. Um, when you go from the last time that we really had anything that was a expected format was back season nine, which was a year ago. You know, you figure we had all of the all-star stuff, which while it was similar in some ways, you had the twist with them voting each other off and the, the top two winners, you know, all that. And then you also... You had the episode of the Meet the Queens episode where nothing really happened last week. So somebody had mentioned that it was an episode zero more than an episode one. And I think that really is the case. This felt like the Drag Race show that I love. Um, I would say I loved the runway challenge this week with one or two exceptions. I thought everybody looked amazing. And one thing that I did not like about the episode... I can't really come up with something that I didn't necessarily. I, I'm sure we will as we talk about it, but I, I wasn't actually. I can tell you, I wasn't a big fan of the challenge in that I thought that it didn't look polished. The final, the final event was not something where I mean they were kind of all over the place. And as somebody who is best friends with a cheer mom, I kind of know at this point what to look for with cheerleading. And while I wasn't expecting them to do, you know, backflips and all that kind of thing, there was a little bit of like a uh, this is kind of. Not not as polished to watch as I would have liked, but it was still fun. Uh, let me see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I didn't. Think I, I don't think I went last week. I think I was so busy being new to, to hosting this show again that I forgot to name two things I liked and one thing I didn't. I'll tell you one thing I liked. I like this Valentina as a girl. Oh my god, she is fucking fierce. Which is so funny because she didn't. You know, her Meet the Queens video didn't really play for me. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it was just very like meh. Right? She almost seemed kind of filler queen, but gosh, yeah. she is bringing it every week. Second favorite thing about the show, Valentina as a boy. <laughs> oh my God, he is cute. But not. But you know what's funny? How much a beret can change. Like when he's wearing the dumb beret, no. 
But like yeah. when now that is oh, oh, stupid. <laughs> That's me. Just for a episode. I know. <laughs> well, I don't know how to fix this. I muted everything. It's okay. You've never recorded a podcast before. You don't know what to expect. <laughs> well, I never use my iPad on uh, on the show. I, I I have to like read a script, and now all of a sudden, now everyone's like, you know what? It's twelve forty five on a Sunday. Let's uh, let's text Joe right now. See what he's doing. And by let's the way, what all the te- let's let, let's read the text messages that I've been, I've gotten. Okay, let's oh, actually read them. Yeah, because they're, I'm going to tell you they're equally stupid. Okay, <laughs> one is from Sweet Michael, so, telling me. Real important text to send. And then John Paul said, I got my Tacolandia tickets. What is Tacolandia? Oh, no, I put it it together. Yeah. But Jay, you got to go. It is so good. All right. Deal. It's $40, right? Oh, I'm out. No, no. (laughs) I can't eat $40 worth of tacos. Yes, you can. And you will hate yourself afterwards. (laughs) They're artisan tacos. They're probably like $9 each. They're not artisanal tacos. You, no, it's it's all. Once you get in, you get it's all you can eat, and it's like all these different taco vendors. It's in L.A. They have it on Olvera Street. Anyway, it's amazing. Well, now that I know that John Paul got his. Yeah, now that I know he got his ticket, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Now you know. I don't know how to, how to. And he can let us know what he thinks about it. <laughs> you know what's funny is they listen to the show. They are going to be horrified. <laughs> Horrif- I might have to take that out. No. I might have to take that out. No. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. Taylor Elias Disney. All right. Oh, <laughs> uh, was that going to be next week's thing? Yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. You like that one, don't you? I do like that one. <laughs> so, okay. And 16 the one- minutes in, we haven't talked about the episode yet, by the way. I want that noted. <laughs> you giving me grief about, you know, the two-hour shows on the phone when you call and berate me. Maybe that's why I don't like to answer the phone, because you call and you berate me about content. Uh, Taylor! <laughs> we did an hour and a half show. What were you doing? <laughs> Why, why are you doing that? Who's hosting the show? <laughs> anyway, uh, the one thing I didn't like, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know. It's a tie between Cynthia Lee Fontaine's cancer and Cynthia Lee Fontaine. I can't tell which one I hate more. Well, the worst kept secret in te- <laughs> The worst kept secret in television turned out to be true. Cynthia Lee Fontaine returned to the competition. The cuckoos came quickly, as did the conversation about her recent struggles with cancer. Ladies, let's discuss all things Cynthia before we get into the competition. Taylor, let's start with you. We know you're a huge Cynthia Lee Fontaine fan. We do? We do know that? Yeah. Um, Okay, I think it's, I believe it is Coco Chanel that said before you leave the house, you take one thing off and leave it behind. The cuckoo thing, she... She needs to quit with that because if we if we continue with where we have to say cuckoo every ten seconds or not, all of this goodwill and congeniality she has towards her is going to quickly go away with people. You, you was, know what's changed? I'm sorry to interrupt you. You know what's okay. changed now? Now they're calling her cuckoo. Yeah, like now- <laughs> I, I noticed that. <laughs> well, it's yeah. annoying. It's well, annoying. But, well, but that being might- said, <laughs> yeah. she she seemed like a stronger competitor this time. She seemed more confident, oh, which I like. Did she? Did she tell her? Did she? <laughs> because maybe because she's walking with this cuckoo. <laughs> Hashtag I walk with cuckoo. Hashtag maybe she uses cuckoo like the Smurfs. Remember how the Smurfs used to talk? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe my cuckoo don't know what my cuckoo doing. <laughs> Hashtag cancer is cuckoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know how you get rid of it? With cuckoo therapy. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. What's Hashtag my cereal is cuckoo puffs. <laughs> <laughs> you know what kind of clock I have? <laughs> digital. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say like a, a digital. <laughs> Oh, an Apple Watch. You thought I was going to say cuckoo, didn't you? <laughs> okay. okay, wait a minute. So what my plan was, and I had it in the script. I'm all, this is too on the nose. What I want to do, let's, this is a, we're going to do a hard left here, kids. Let's have a serious talk about her cancer thing. Because I feel like if we get that out of the way, have a serious discussion about it, then we're allowed to make fun of her. <laughs> Okay. Are we really going to start making fun of cancer? Because No, 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 no. I want to have a serious conversation about cancer. 
serious. That way we never have to talk about it again. Does that make okay. sense? Yeah. Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Start the conversation. We can't now. Thank you, Taylor. Because all your fantastic jokes now, we can have this conversation. You have to ruin everything. Can I, 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 maybe I missed something, but did she have cancer during the, or, because we found out, I remember live on air, um, yeah. that she had it kind of when the season had already finished. So was yeah, she, yeah, yeah. I think she what had happened, cancer during the show? I think what happened, because, you know, she got eliminated after episode three. I think I remember an interview where she was saying that getting eliminated was the best thing that happened to her because she wasn't feeling well when she got home. And she went yeah. to the doctor, and then that's when she found out. I think she found out right after she got back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and, 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 and for the record, I mean, not that she's lucky, but she had stage one liver cancer, which thank God she caught it in time. Yeah. And then there's also that amazing story about Acid Betty went and nursed her back to health. And I guess Fifi, I was seeing online some references to this. I don't have complete backup here, but that Fifi O'Hara um, gave Cuckoo a lot... <laughs> <laughs> Fifi O'Hara gave Cynthia a lot of her outfits to wear uh, during just drag race season. So, like, a lot of this is ex Fifi O'Hara stuff. Oh. So, okay. Just, I, look, Fifi O'Hara can do nice things. She's not a totally evil person. No, and I, I, I mean, I don't want to get on a whole Fifi thing, but I mean, it seems like she's getting involved in a lot of the the touring shows and stuff like that. And I've seen little videos on Tumblr and stuff of where. She seems to be embraced by some people again. So I, that's a whole that's a whole series all in itself. Just talking about Fifi O'Hara and and her war with the producers of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, do you think that Cynthia being brought back was a response to her? Like they knew that she was going to play well with audiences, or why do you think they chose her out of the other queens that could have potentially come back? I think that it, I think that the story. Of when you combine the conge- the congeniality where she was Miss Congeniality plus the story about that you know with the cancer I, and I'm not making fun here but I think that that makes for an interesting narrative to bring her back and give her a second chance just like she sort of had a second chance with her health then this is something where maybe she can go further do I think that she's going to make it all the way to the end no but I think that people really seem to like her and she seemed to be one of those people that went home too soon so this. It serves several purposes, one of which giving people more of an opportunity to see her again, because she's not really somebody that I could see if they ever did an All Stars three. I would be surprised if she had been she would be selected for that cast from season nine. But this gives people a chance to see her and gives her a chance to kind of reinvent herself a little bit because she was quirky, but she didn't seem really focused. Whereas, like, as I said before, I really feel like this time she seemed like where she was saying, she goes, I'm in it to win it. This is this is whereas I think last time she just kind of seemed to just really enjoy being a part of it. Whereas this time she seems more focused on on moving forward. Okay, I agree. I think that she kind of brought it a little bit more with this episode, but even like her her right out of the gate, like everybody knew who she was and she seemed just like a light in the room. So it was good to see her back. But I, I, I wasn't during season eight. I wasn't a huge Cynthia like cheerleader, but I I didn't mind her coming back. Yeah, there could have been other people that they could have brought back that I would have gone, oh God, why? And yeah, she's just somebody like, oh, that's that's nice. Yeah, I was thinking, I was sitting here thinking about her right now, and I'm 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 so glad she um, beat the cancer. But I couldn't help thinking that look she had, you know, when we first see her, and she turns around and she goes, "Are you ready to see my cuckoo?" You know what she kind of looked like, and it reminded me that scene. Everything reminded me of. Remember when Sigourney Weaver in Ghostbusters? No, 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 not, not in, the, in the in the refrigerator. Remember at the end when when um we finally see what's the name of that the final villain in Ghostbusters? Taylor, you know your eighty stuff. The, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. No, no, no. Remember, but it was the when it's a woman. I've never seen Ghostbusters. <laughs> I have. I just can't recall the name right now. But I could. That look it is up. the cuckoo's thing I've heard all day. You've never I've seen gone Ghostbusters. Thirty years without admitting that, and I have never. I've seen pieces of it, but I've never seen the full movie. Girl, wait, hold on for a second. You've seen like the Thornbirds eleven times. Like you've seen every piece of eighties pop culture. How have you never seen Ghostbusters? Oh, it's, it's Zool, right? Zool, Zool. You're right. It, yes. is, it is Zool. I it's do know Zool. that. Okay. I should have just said, oh, I don't remember, and then let Jay look it up. And then I would have gone, yeah, yeah, for the 15 times that I've seen it, it's Zool. Duh, how could I not remember that? 
There are four people from the uh, internet right now who are like, ah, Joe, he's so right. She looks like Zool before she becomes a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Anyway, uh, but Taylor, I want to get to this here for a second. You know, I had a friend. She also had never seen Ghostbusters. And we sat down and watched my, oh, you're going to love this movie. I think it's a movie that you're like, eh, you know, if you're an adult. I think it was meant for kids. Well, Well, no, 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 no. Because this, hold on for a second. This goes back. Remember when the last Ghostbusters came out with all the chicks? Does it matter if I answer? Because you're just gonna keep no. no I'm just saying. Do you remember? Do yourself. you remember? Do you remember this? Yes, yes, I remember that. With and it had Melissa Megan, McCarthy Melissa and McCarthy, Kristen Wiig and and, and, yeah. and uh, Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. I remember because I was like, uh, and because the reason was they made that movie for children, and I think you have a lot to say here, Taylor. And the reason Ghostbusters was so good is it was came from a time like in the seventies and eighties where they made movies for adults. Like in, in the seventies and eighties, they didn't make movies for children. What they, they, the Care Bears movie, maybe right? But no one went to go see those. What they did was they made movies for adults, and the adults would just drag their kids to the movies with them, and the kids just watched whatever the adults watched, and then that's when they fell in love with stuff. Ghostbusters, the original Ghostbusters, is a movie meant for adults. That children glommed onto. Would you agree with that, Taylor? <laughs> sure, I could. I could see that. You know, especially when you consider, you know, a lot of people of our generation love another movie that was that mm, a movie that's similar to that that I have actually also never seen either is The Goonies, which a lot of people had a lot of love for that movie, and I. But that's a people of our generation seem to really, really love that, and uh, it's really kind of oh. more of a kid's movie. That's a kid's movie, but you know what's an adult movie that, that children watched and they shouldn't have? Gremlins? Gremlins. Yeah. Gremlins. That was another movie meant for adults, and children watched it. Anyway, I'm, we're, we're, thank you, uh, Cynthia Lee Fontaine. We're glad you beat your cancer. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Moving on. Lisa Kudrow walked into the workroom for no apparent reason, accompanied by RuPaul. After an awkward but thankfully brief exchange, Lisa Kudrow sashayed away as RuPaul announced this week's Maxi Challenge, a cheerleading competition. Nina Bonina Brown and Cynthia Lee Fontaine were named the team captains, and Nina was named captain of RuPaul's Glamazons. Her team members were Shay, Alexis, Aja, Sasha, James, and Charlie in that order, while Cynthia was named captain of the B-52 Bombers. Her team members were Kimora, Eureka, Farah, Peppermint, Trinity, and Valentina. Again, in that order. Ladies, any thoughts on Lisa Kudrow or the teams? Let's go to Jay Ellis. I don't need to see that. Do you guys know anything about the comeback? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I watched the comeback. Yeah. Okay, good. So, did you? I don't know. I'm just like, I'm so happy Lisa was there. And I think she didn't want to be a part of like the harsh judging panel. So she was like, yeah, I'll do it, but I'm not going to do anything where I have to like tear down the queen. So I was just happy to see her. I don't know. Uh, as far as the teams, I don't know why Cuckoo was given captain just for returning. <laughs> it's like, hey, you're back in this competition and here you go. You're one of the captains. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like that Nina was the other one. And as far as the order that they chose them in, I thought Shay was a great first pick on Nina's part. And I thought it was interesting that Cuckoo went with Kimora. Like, it was just because she thought, we're going to be the Cuckoo team. So, I don't know. I mean, it was a it was weird that Valentina was the last one. But I think Eureka kind of chalked it up to the fact that she has only been doing drag for 10 months. Which, I'm not really sure what that has to do with athleticism. But, hey, she won the damn... Cha- or she did the damn thing. So, whatever. It was cool. Taylor Michelle Williams? Um, I I agree with a lot with what of what Jay said. I, I don't understand why Lisa Kudrow was there. I mean, I was excited to see her too. While I, I've watched most of the first season of the comeback, but I haven't seen the second season. And always really liked it. And I, you know, the whole, you know, I got it. I got it. Well, I got it. You know, that, <laughs> yeah. that was, I, I got that reference. I got it. The reference. Um, the, the, the order that they picked them in was, I thought, interesting as well. Um, but it was just kind of like, okay, that's really, I don't really have a lot to say about the section. I just don't understand why Lisa Kudrow was there, but I was glad to see her for a minute. And they all seemed genuinely excited to see her too, which was nice. I know. I think it's, is it Eureka? It was like, oh my God, last week it was Lady Gaga and this week it's Lisa Kudrow. Like that's the, <laughs> like a really, that's a huge, like who's going to be next? I'm like, uh, Marla Gibbs. I mean, next week it's Tony Orlando and Dawn. <laughs> oh my God. No. Is that Jane Curtin? You know, <laughs> Jay, do you even know who Jane Curtin is? I have no idea the last three people you've referenced. <laughs> oh, God. 
Are these friends of yours or are they? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so here's the deal with this Lisa Kudrow. I have all. I have a lot of thoughts about Lisa Kudrow. One, I did see the comeback. I actually strangely, I, unless it was never confirmed, I just assumed that the hello, hello, hello was based on Valerie Cherish when I saw it. But so here's the thing: is I I think a lot of this has to do with RuPaul's laziness. Hear me out. It was very evident from the Lady Gaga interview on RuPaul's podcast that she and that RuPaul and Michelle taped the podcast during the downtime of the episode. Okay. Okay. And then Lady Gaga came in when she was done doing her stuff. I'm starting to get the impression now that they've always been doing the podcast that way. Because I've heard the Lisa Kudrow episode of RuPaul's podcast, and RuPaul asks her directly on the show, would you be a guest judge? And Lisa says, no, because I don't want to send anyone home. I don't want to tear anyone down. And RuPaul's working on her and working on her and working on her. And at some point says, well, I think we can figure out some way for you to be on the show. Okay. And she's like, okay. You know, like, and so I think she was like, just come over right now. They're, they're right there right now. Come and say hello to them. You know? And I think that's what they did is that they, that she was there already taping them. I can't see Lisa Kudrow driving across town. I know we, Jay, you know where they filmed this, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can't, can you imagine her driving all the way across town to go to the studio to go for that for two minutes and go through hair and makeup and everything? They said that, well, Rue says that she bumped into her on set or on that the lot. That is such so. bullshit. That's so, like, 1970, like, Tonight Show, Johnny Carson, like, oh, look, Bob Hope just strolled by the studio. <laughs> Who's he? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yeah. I, I, th- I, get, I, think, I get what you're saying, though. Remember this Moby? He was on there? Yeah. And it was so uncomfortable, this Lisa Kudrow being on there. You could tell she was just like, oh, God. Like, it was in a weird kind of meta way. It was a Valerie Cherish moment for Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, but actors aren't used to coming into, like, reality situations where they're not a character. So you just don't... You you have to be careful what you say. And I think she's super hyper aware that they can take something and just make it into something else. So I think she was just like, you know, smile and grin and get through it. And do what you promised Rue you would do, and then whoop, hightail it out of there. Oh, which she totally did. She totally yeah. did. Now on the teams, let's, uh, we can talk about this now. What about this whole thing where Valentina was chosen last? Why do you think that is? I think that she she came off at least again. We, you know, we we don't talk about editing here on you know Drag Race Recap, but when you consider in the last episode, she kind of came off as catty. That. You know, she, Valentina? Was, she made a cup. Valentina, I remember she made the comment about Eureka, about Eureka being round. Oh, okay. and I, I wonder if people are thinking, oh, well, maybe she's, you know, the bitch, or maybe she's, you know, hoity or something. So they said, well, we don't, we don't necessarily want to work with her. Jay, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the order that they picked them in, and for Nina to pick Charlie over Valentina because those were the last two. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty telling of what they were thinking of Valentina because. And Charlie brings it up herself about the age, but if you know you're going to be doing gymnastics and something kind of that's going to require a lot of uh, flexibility or endurance, I would think that you would probably go over with like a 20 year old instead of the 50 year old, just out of sheer, you know, hopes that they can turn it out. So I, I really don't know. It's like what I think Eureka said that they kind of chalk it up to her only being in drag, quote unquote, for 10 months. Well, the one thing I'll say in Nina's defense, I'll say two things. Nina did write on Instagram that she picked James. Uh, in the middle, because she didn't want James to be last. And we'll get to the whole James Mansfield stuff later, when Taylor, our resident uh, uh, mental health professional, will fill us in there on that. But uh, I, didn't someone say in the episode that they didn't know what the cheer challenge was quite going to be? Rue was very vague, and they, Kimora was bitching about the, and we'll get to that. But I, I don't think they necessarily knew it was going to be so much flying and stunts. Thank you. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm I, not I, sure. I, you know, one of them said at one point, I don't know if it was on Tucked or towards the end of the episode, we thought we were just going to stand there with pom-poms and have to come up with cheers. So maybe they, once they realized, if they had known ahead of time where I'm going to be throwing some up in the air, they're definitely, it would be smart to pick all of the little, the, the, the more um, slight queens than some of the bigger ones or older ones that maybe aren't as flexible like Charlie 
possibly is. During rehearsal, Team Nina got off to a rocky start as they assigned roles. While James Mansfield made a pitch to play floozy, Alexis Michelle jumped in and tried to bully her way into the role. Team Nina stood up for James and Alexis backed down. But during the rehearsal, James struggled to live up to the role. Eventually, James decided to be best if Alexis played floozy. Taylor, why don't you give us your thoughts on that little nugget of drama? I think that as much as I was, you know, classified as mean by our previous guest co-host talking about James Manfield, it is it was abundantly clear that this was not the experience she thought she was going to have on this show. And if there's one thing just looking at her face the whole time you're looking at her overwhelmed, I don't think that's out of the realm of everybody looking at this realized that she was realized she was in way over her head and was doing anything she could, I think, to stay safe and in the middle i think that maybe she was thinking she could maybe coast by for a little bit until she got more comfortable which is why she backed down as quickly as she did and said you know what i'll be snoozy if you want to be floozy to alexis it felt like there was very much a recognition that if i don't do this right it's there's going to be a problem so you know what i'm going to give it to somebody else um I, i i think that she one thing that i liked about that scene was that and i don't know that i would necessarily call alexis bullying i think alexis was just saying look this is something that i want to do they didn't necessarily or if they tried to play the music and all that it wasn't quite as that group um figuring things out was not quite as aggressive as i've seen other mini chat or other challenges with teams but I, th- I think it was nice that everybody was saying, you know, you just everybody was trying to work with each other. It, 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 that could have gotten real messy real fast, and it didn't. And the fact that James actually said, you know what, this isn't working. Let's let's twist it around. I thought was a very mature decision on her part. Taylor, have you lost weight? I don't think so. You look thank a lot you. trimmer and slimmer. Taylor looks great. I was looking at him in the in the picture too. Yeah, thank you. Sundays suit you. You know, uh, T- Taylor's getting married soon, Jay. Oh, that's right. I I know that. Congratulations! It's coming up thank in, the, in ne- the next few weeks, right? Yes, we're in the teens for the number of days that. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's how interested yeah. I was in what Taylor said. By the way, I was like, <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I was listening. <laughs> I was like, oh, you look thinner. <laughs> anyway, Jay, do you have any any thoughts to add? Taylor really kind of summed up what I was thinking where I didn't Oh, could you repeat Alex- what that was? Because I wasn't listening. <laughs> I will su- yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to sum it up for you. Um, I don't. I didn't view Alexis as bullying either. I thought that Alexis just was a theatrical queen and thought that it would be a really fun uh, choice to play Floozy. And she really sold it. Like, if we're when we get into the challenge, I thought she was great. But if she was bullying, I thought that she would have been like, no, you're doing that part and I'm going to take that part. And James was right to step down because I think she wasn't doing justice to the part. Like it, it seemed like the steps were off. The rhythm was off. The character wasn't there. And um, I feel like that team had a strong performance because of that change. I don't disagree with that, but I do think there was an element of bullying on Alexis's part. Cause remember there was that part when uh, everyone's it, it. So there's something that clearly happened off screen that we don't know about. Cause for some reason, everyone is very concerned about James on the cast. They all like Nina, didn't felt she was fragile and didn't want her to go last, didn't want to be picked last. Um, and during the challenge, a lot of the team members were really looking out for her, wanted to give her a chance to shine. If you remember in Untucked last week, they wanted to give her a chance to talk. There was something obviously going on. But uh, Alexis is like looking at her, and I'm going to have to, the audience at home will not understand what I'm talking about, but I'm going to move over here to the, to the camera. But she's like, no, girl, I'm looking at you guys. Mm-hmm. I don't think like she's like trying like hypnotize her like like the way kind of a bully does like you're not gonna want to do that I should play this and the other people have to, had to step in and and I think it was um was it Shay who kind of stepped in and was like telling Alexis well if any you you're a better actor and you could step in and do the other one yeah Shay Shay mentioned that and it and then Alexa I mean I feel like if Alexis was really persistent she would have been like fighting it more but i think she was like you're right i'm gonna do it and i'll do it oh i see i think this is where alexis was like okay i'm I'm gonna look bad here on the edit oh that 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 could have been where yeah i mean we've gone through nine seasons of team challenges and stuff and 
it, especially this early on, maybe later on where they don't recognize how things can be edited because they're so into it. But this, especially with this being the first challenge, I would think that people might be hypersensitive to that and how that could be edited. Um, but that being said, I still, so, so if Alexis was starting to go down the bullying path, that could have been where she went, oh, wait, you know what? I'm going to back up because I could see this where, you know, this early on, I could be considered quote unquote a villain. But I don't know that this was necessarily a bullying thing. I think this was just a, she was felt very strongly that she wanted to play this one character and thought, I have to, you know. Because don't you I think of that one it. part where, where James gives in and gives it to her, which I think even could be she felt the pressure from, from Alexis. But when James gives her, Alexis looks at somebody off screen as like, 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 oh, she's, she's like, J- Alexis is looking at someone off screen as if James figured it out. Let's not, you know, like almost like if Alexis was like, okay, we finally got it agree. We all think this and she's agreed. Let's not say anything because it'll fuck it up. She's giving her like everyone like a nodding, like, right? Okay. We think that's a good idea, James. Well, but she's also getting what she wants. She doesn't want anybody to, to screw with that. I, I, given how terrified she looks through at the last episode two episodes i think that nobody wants to necessarily rock that boat especially because now as a team whether she's floozy or snoozy she's on the team and they want to do everything they can to keep her as stable as possible right okay so if she's saying she wants to do something all right i buy into that like yeah so so if it's something where she's saying she wants to do something that's almost like a you know, we've all had situations in which everybody's decided where to go to dinner, and then somebody says something, and you turn around and go, "Motherfucker!" If you said that was almost like the Alexa's like, "Okay, she figured out what she wants to do. We've all decided it. Let's yes. move on." Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. Moving on to Team Cynthia. During their cheer rehearsal, cheerleading coach Dom Palange teaches the girls how to perform literal stunt shows while Kamora bitches about cartwheels. Back in the workroom, Kamora claims not to know what bloomers are and denigrates those who decorate their outfits with bobbles, beads, and brooch. Jay Ellis, any thoughts on Team Cynthia and Kamora Black? Uh, Team Cynthia had kind of what I thought was the B team. (laughs) Like, just my initial thought was that they were going to be the weaker in the challenge, just based on who she picked. Um, And to be honest, Kamora hasn't really hit my radar as of yet. I mean, now she's on it just because she was in the bottom two. But um, the, the complaining never looks good on camera. Like, just... Just suck it up and do it. Like, make your clothes. Don't complain about it. And I, I mean, we hear from Eureka a lot, but Eureka was the one who says, like, I don't always want to do this. My back hurts from it, but, you know, I have to do it at the end of the day kind of thing. So um, I kind of like that it maybe set Kimura right. But, yeah, I don't know. It, it, this seemed like the, the B team to me. Taylor Michelle Williams? Um, I, I I would agree that complaining never looks good on, on film. And... I've not been a big fan of Kamora Black. She's she's pretty as a girl. Well, she she has the ability to be pretty as a girl. Let's t- we'll talk about runway looks later. But I thought she was she's gross. She, she it was just a gross representation of who she's supposed to be. Especially first challenge. We're bitching at the first challenge. So what is this going to be like at episode five or six when she's watching from home, complaining about the challenges? Yeah. You know, it's one of these things, well, a couple of things. Um, first of all, I love that his name was Don Palange, because it sounds like that would be a move in cheerleading. <laughs> you know, like, we're going to do a fly, then we're going to do a human period, and then I want the, these two girls to do a Don Palange. Um, doesn't it sound like a cheerleading move, Taylor? Yes. Yes. Jay, validate me? Yeah, it sounds like it would be. You'd step out and do a Don Palage. Thank you. I'm doing I'll- a Don Palage now. <laughs> By the way, I would totally do a Don Palanche. Did you see how cute he was? They were all cute. All the all the the, the uh, spotters and stuff were super cute. But they were all the same person. It's kind of Stepford Wivesy, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I've been to a bunch of these cheer competitions, and all of the boys look exactly the same, and I am okay with that. Oh yeah, if I was a billionaire, I would totally have a house full of like Don Palanches uh, <laughs> hanging out by the Don Poulange and. <laughs> Uh, just being exactly looking exactly alike, but I'll tell you what—I would never have them wear speedos. Not a big speedo fan. Give me a pair of board shorts. No, don't give me one. Put bare- <laughs> <laughs> put on put some board shorts on a team of lookalike boys. Ugh, I'm in heaven. Anyway, uh, back to what we were talking about. Um, so here's my thing. 
Kamora's kind of harkening back to like a Gia gun, but and maybe Jay can can help me with the memory here or, or Taylor. Is if I remember, Gia gun didn't really go after people. She would clap back, or she would comment on something said in the room, but she really wouldn't bitch and complain. Am I wrong here? That's accurate. I I kind of remember her. I did not have fond memories of Gia Gunn, so I, I guess I, I kind of remember always just sort of complaining about things. But that's that's me. Oh, Gia Gunn may have totally complained. I don't know. I have no idea. But um, but I think she's trying to. Even either way, let's say she did complain a lot. She's going for a Gia Gunn thing, and we saw how that worked out for Gia Gunn. Like what? Wh- like who? I, I I always say this when they do this. Who are they hearkening back to? Like oh, bitching and moaning really worked for this person. They won the whole thing. Is there someone that has worked for? Violet Chachki. But did Violet Chachki bitch a lot? Yes, Violet Chachki bitched through her entire season. Hmm. I I almost think that these some of these queens come in that are like the look queens, and they don't realize how much work is really going to go into the competition part of it where they probably been very praised for their look and maybe their lip sync and they've just had they've kind of i don't want to say coasted because i know that drag is such like a intense form of art but i think that they've been told that like you have the body you have the the attitude and that's what's going to get you there and mm-hmm. then when they have to actually work for something it may maybe it's just a shock to the system so she's like man i didn't know i was gonna be sewing for four hours in the day and then you know, have a camera in my face and have to get my wig right and all that kind of stuff too. So I think it's just a lot of you just don't realize it until it's actually in your in your face what you're doing. Well, and I think to follow up on what Jay's saying, I mean, the perfect example of that is when Eureka said, "I realize that if I want to go, you know, if I if I want to go to the buffet that I want to go to, I have to sit and I have to work on beating these dresses and stuff." And her response is, "Well, I'll buy you the buffet if you do this for me." You know, that that's that whole just, you know, I'm going to stand here and I'm going to look pretty. And then when I stand there and look pretty, people bring me things. And I think that's it seems like the the perception that she's showing everybody is that's how she goes through life. And yeah. that's not going to win over fans. Well, look, here's the thing is. RuPaul said this on her podcast, like, how are you showing up and bitching about sewing like this, you're gonna have to sew on this challenge. I think the, I think season seven they didn't have to show, sew, but that was like an anomaly, right? Yeah, yeah. But like you're gonna have to sew, and like if you're showing up not knowing how to sew, it's a problem. The other problem though is if people show up thinking that they can sew, they're gonna win the whole thing. Yeah. All right, it's elimination day, and that means hijinks in the workroom as the girls get ready for the runway. First up, Valentina is teased about her devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe, uh, who claims to be her drag mother. Taylor, any thoughts on Valentina? Any thoughts about the way they're showing Valentina? Any thoughts about Valentina and even about this virgin thing? Well, I think that, you know, if, if it works for her, then that that's fine. I think that a lot of them, while they were teasing her about it, she didn't seem to take offense to it. She just, there is a confidence to her that I liked her in the Meet the Queens episode before the season started, and then I'm as much as Jay seems to like her, I'm not necessarily a big fan of her. The whole beret thing, and there's something there's something I don't necessarily. She's not my favorite. That being said, I feel like the editing they're setting up is to where it is becoming abundantly clear that she will be top three. Even first episode in, you can already kind of see they're starting that. They're starting that narrative to where they're moving her in that direction. Um, I'm, I, which I'm not crazy about, but I, I can see why she is a strong queen. Uh, speaking of her, though, we talked about this, or somebody sent us a, a Twitter message or something that she says that she is been doing drag for ten months, which could be controversial, and if she sticks with that story could prevent her from getting the crown just from a fan reaction to that. But somebody else said that she won Dragula a couple of years ago. Yeah, 2014. Okay, well then how is she only doing drag for 10 months? There seems to be a lot of controversy about that because there's also a picture on Reddit of a fan took with her at DragCon in 2015, which would also be more than 10 months before they filmed season 9. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it seems to be – so people have pointed out to watch her language. She says she made her debut 10 months before, 
And that she means like when she started getting paid to do drag and when she actually officially considered herself having done a drag queen. There's also a big thing. Well, let me throw to Jay first. But there's also a rumor mill thing about her origin story. But Jay, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I've actually heard some of those things, too, being told where um, I just did a thing on AfterBuzz called Gay Weekly Roundup where we talked about this, where my friend had his birthday and said that Valentina performed there. And that was about three or four years ago. And what I thought was maybe... It not performed, I'm sorry, but came in as drag. So what I'm thinking is what you're saying, that she's now performing and getting paid for doing drag for 10 months. That's kind of how I'm taking it these days. Yeah, Valentina, I mean, I'm selling whatever they're editing. Like, to me, I'm buying into it. I'm I'm really happy with how she looked tonight and boy and girl. And I thought that her performance was great. I mean, to take the words from Michelle, she was shining. Even when, the, when it wasn't her moment, she was still in character in the cheer part. And I thought that that bride was a perfect way to get that white illusion, but like kind of put a twist on it, which I always appreciate somebody who thinks outside of the box for the runway instead of just white party. You know, you think white, you think virginal, you think bride. And I thought Valentina looked gorgeous. So I'm, I'm, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm really happy with Valentina so far. So here's the unsubstantiated rumor part. So one of the rumors that I've read about, and I have to do some research and digging, and actually Jay might be able to help with this, is the rumor mill that I'm hearing is that Valentina is sort of the product of, that she was created by Raja, Raven, and Delta Work. That they somehow knew her, and they were like, okay, we're going to, you need to be a drag queen, we're going to teach you everything, and sort of create this whole, like, that's why she's so polished, that they sort okay. of have taught her everything that they know and taken her under their wing. I don't know if they necessarily consider themselves her drag mothers, but that that she's sort of almost a creation of theirs. In other words, the way a scout would discover talent. Yeah. And that they've sort of discovered uh, Valentina. And also, look, it doesn't hurt because the other rumor mill is that you know we all know Matthew Anderson is not the wig and makeup person this season. And the rumor mill says that Delta Work and uh, Raven did Rue's makeup and wig. Except for this week. Because did you see that Raven tweeted just a link to the song Wasn't Me by Shaggy? <laughs> but I guess they didn't do it this week. But that they've done a lot of Rue and Rue's hair and makeup for this season. Delta Work and Raven. So, there's, so they're obviously going to have Rue's ear in the makeup room as well. So as we know, look, as we all know, it's, not the, it's, it's who Rue wants it to be. And, uh, and like Lady Bunny did the same thing for Bianca Del Rio. But Taylor, you have something to say? What happened to Matthew Anderson? No one knows. He just sort of, we know he's not doing the makeup and hair, and then he just quit Instagram. But no one knows what happened. Hmm. Jay, do you have any insight in this? Um, I mean, are these coming as criticisms of Valentina because of where she's, I guess, getting influence from? Well, no one's criticized the origin story. Okay. That's just, that's just the rumor mill. Yeah, because you can only be taken so far by, you know, the people who help you, and then the rest is up to you. Um, So, but you're right, with Lady Bunny and Bianca, I mean, there was a ton of... But even knowing that, I still feel like Bianca, granted, we were only given what we were given, but Bianca won that season. Well, no, but also think, think about it. You're not going to just recommend any old fool. Like, you have an eye for... You want to be known as the person who recommends good people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there, you know, Bianca's gonna. I mean, Lady Bunny's gonna uh, is gonna recommend or and and, and push Bianca because she believes in Bianca. And the same right. thing with Raven and Raja and Delta. They're probably gonna really foster that. They want they're they're gonna they they want to put their best foot forward. Mm-hmm. If that is true, we we don't we don't know if that's that true. We don't know that's true. It makes sense. They're all L.A. queens. Let's move on to the next person that I want to talk about because actually, so one of the great things about Valentina and, they, and Raven and Raja could never train this is she gives great confessionals. You know who else gives great confessionals? Who? Peppermint. I was going to say. Moving the first elimin- moving, moving on, the first elimination day also means our first mirror moments of the season. There were two mirror moments this week. Cynthia Lee Fontaine went into more detail about her cancer, while Peppermint shared details about a gay bashing she suffered in high school. We covered Cynthia Lee Fontaine, but Jay, do you want to step in and give us your insight on Peppermint's gay bashing? Yeah, I um, Peppermint was one of my choices from the very start, and there was just something about her that I was excited to see like the performance of, and... Mirror Moments has become kind of a cliche of the show where we know that we're going to open up about one queen each week. And it can usually either mean 
we really want to spotlight this person's story because they're coming up for a redemption or they might get eliminated. So we have to tell their story real quickly. So I was really excited to hear that this was not the case. Like she wasn't in the top or the bottom. It was just kind of a whatever. Um, such a, such a hard story to hear. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to hear because they, she was jumped by like a guy from the basketball team. I'm glad that the school took it seriously. And she said that, uh, when she was telling the secretary that people were kind of flooded to the windows, which I'm happy to hear. I'm not, is she, was she in New York? Do you guys know? Is this the, where the school was? Oh, I don't I know where so. she grew up. I think East coast somewhere. I know that she, she's from Brooklyn, right? Doesn't she yeah. drag in Brooklyn? Uh, yes. Yeah, so that's why I was thinking, I was thinking New York, but, um, to hear like that there was support and she's 37. So at that time to just really have like a school support you like that, I'm really hoping that that's a, a true story and like not embellished for t- cameras or anything, but it just seemed like a true genuine story. And I, I fell for peppermint. I liked it. Taylor. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it kind of shows the progression, especially if she, if she's 37 and she's the actual age that she says she is. Cause we know, you know, a bunch of them were 29 for a while. Um, but that, that kind of shows the difference in especially young people and their growth as far as accepting LGBT fellow LGBT students from when, say, like maybe Joe and I were growing up, you know, that was we, we graduated. Joe, what year did you graduate from high school? 2011. 2011. OK. <laughs> well, no, I graduated in 91. Oh, no, I graduated after that. So, OK, but you, you're starting to see that difference as far as the 37 would mean that she graduated like 97, 98 and there there was a you know th- th- you're starting to see a difference there which which was nice even though she had to go through this horrific experience i feel like she is going to be this season i'm going to make a possibly controversial statement oh god here we go i think that she that peppermint is going to be this season's katya and or chichi devane in that she is the one that really the part at this point because we haven't really seen what she does the part where people really fell in love with her with her was the confessionals and the interviews and she is somebody that when she is talking you can't take your eyes off of her you can't not listen to her and that's the way it was with Katya I mean I love Katya's drag but it was she was always somebody that when she did the interviews that was the part that I always like you when she saw that it was going to be her in the weird crazy jacket you kind of wanted to hear what she had to say and the same thing with Chi Chi Devane and I feel like Peppermint is going to be this season's iteration of that of that person as far as within the cast okay Hey everyone, it's Joe Batanz here to tell you that you're listening to, or you've just listened to, part one of a two-part episode. It ran so long, I wanted to make sure you got the episode in a reasonable amount of time. So hopefully by the time you finish listening to part one, part two is barreling down the the pikeway. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that people say that? Um, if not, it should be in your feed very, very soon. Uh, so this is part one. Wait for part two. Uh, if you don't follow us on Facebook or Twitter, listen to this thing that's following right now. Kind of important announcement about the show. This is Joe Batant from RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. What's that, Mr. Doorman? You need my ID? My voice is my ID, motherfucker. Ever wanted to dish the dirt with us? Well, now's your chance. This season, we're starting a new show called The Gold Bar. Each week, I'll talk to a different Drag Race fan and get that fan's take on all the Drag Race stunt shows and shenanigans. Listen to next week's episode for all the tea. And who knows, maybe one day I'll be talking to you. (laughs) 